You are now listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. I think it's one thing when you like fall asleep because you're tired, but you're in the car and you can't help it but to sleep. But the fact that Jesus went to the stern of the boat, like he grabbed the pillow, he said, I'm, I'm going to get some peace and quiet here. Like he intentionally wanted to sleep. And yet the disciples are freaking out. So Jesus chose to sleep. He got his pillow ready. And I can imagine the disciples just being so shocked. Like Peter's the first one who finds it. He's like, he's like calling over, yo, John, come. It's like, what, what, why, why, what's up with the pillow? Like, why? Why, Lord, why? Right? And it's at that moment where they're in disbelief. They're just shocked. And they asked Jesus this question. Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many times have you asked God? Right? Accused God. Like, God, don't you care about me? Like, honest confession, I got issues. Right? That's not the confession. That's just truth. A couple of confessions, like, I remember one time, like, it's in the morning, I'm about to go to work, so I go to my favorite bagel store, and they don't have everything bagels. And I'm like, God, why? God, that you love me. I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Another issue of how messed up I am, I have a, a problem, I have an addiction to sneakers, and I remember one morning, I woke up early to, to buy these pair of sneakers, and they sold out in like 30 seconds. And I'm like, God, why don't you love me? <laughs> like, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabach tonight. Like, why am I busting out Aramaic right now? Like, where is this coming from? And I think that's just the honesty. Like, when things don't work out, we always accuse God. Like, don't you care about me? Like, God, why am I going through this? I thought you cared. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be... You know, something horrific, but just even in like little things that don't even matter. Like we, we accuse God, God, I thought you you cared. I thought you're with me. What's 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 the deal? And it's one of those moments for the disciples. Like Jesus, you wanted us to go to the other side and you're sleeping right now. Don't you care if we drown? Now do something. God, do something. It's your idea anyways. You know, I think some of the thoughts the disciples would have, would have, would have had is, God, we, Jesus, we left everything to follow you. We left everything behind to follow you. And for what? So we could die right now? I think that's just the honest questions and thoughts that these disciples were having. Jesus, don't you care? And to this question, Jesus responds in a very unexpected way. Because he doesn't answer the disciples. Instead, he wakes up. And he rebukes the storm. Or he rebukes the wind and quiets the waves and they stop. Now culturally during this time, people believed that angels and gods had power over nature. So for, for, for these people to witness Jesus doing this, it was an encounter to realize that he truly is God. That he has power over everything. That we can have faith in him. Even in the in-between. That from, from Jesus' desire to go to the other side. 
And in between from actually getting there, that he has power. We can trust in him. I think this tells me a couple things about storms. First is that they are a part of life. In life, we will have storms. That's just the reality of it. Second is that we will face storms even when we're following God. Even when we're doing exactly what Jesus wants us to do. Storms will still come. And the third thing is is that God didn't cause the storm. But he did calm it. So storms will come even when we're following Jesus. God isn't, he's not the one behind your hurt, your loss, your issues, your pain, whatever. But he does have power to come through. We will have storms on the outside in terms of circumstances. And sometimes we'll have storms on the inside of our own heart and soul. They will rage and blow and swamp us. Yet Jesus is still with us. He's still with us. Sometimes the storm will come no matter what you do. There's no such thing as storm proofing your life. But Jesus teaches about the wise and foolish builder. The only difference is that they built their lives on different things. One built their life on the rock, on the teaching of Jesus Christ, on faith in Him, and the other built it on the things of this world, the sand. Both face storms. It's not like if you build your life on rock, storms will never come. No, it doesn't matter. Storms will just come. There's no such thing as storm-proofing your life. But the difference is, is how you worship when the storm comes. Because the winds will blow, the, the rain will come crashing down, lightning will strike, thunders will roar, and all these different things are happening around you. You might get soaked down to your bones, to your core. Things aren't making sense. It's intimidating out there. There's doubts rising up. But sometimes you just got to worship when. Even as the storm is raging, we got to worship when. Because the thing is, the disciples might have been soaked, but they were not sunk because Jesus was still with them. That's the source of our faith. That no matter what's going on on the outside or the inside of us. That Jesus is with us in the boat. Oftentimes, I think when when we live out our Christian lives. We get so caught up in in the promises that we make to God. How many of you guys have come to events like this. Where the preacher is good looking like me. The worship is... You're supposed to say amen, not laugh. Come to events like this, and the preacher's mad, good looking. Yeah. No, oh snap, I feel anointed, right? And you come, and you come to the altar, you weep, you cry, and you make promises like, God, I promise to never do that again. And then, and then you just sin because you lie, you know what I mean? Like, let's just be real. God, I promise to never do that again. And we make all these vows and promises, and I realize that, you know what, I don't want to make my life about the promises I make to God. But I want to make my life about building on His promises for me. Because His promise is that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. His promise is that I've loved you with an everlasting love. That before anyone has hurt you, left you, betrayed you, whatever. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Right? That's His promise to me. His promise is that can a nursing mother forget her baby? Even if she forgets, I'll never forget you. I've engraved your name on the palm of my hand. You are inscribed on my heart. That's his promise to me. Not about what I'll do. Not about my performance. Not about what I can do for him. Honestly, what can I give him? 
But like I said, the most loving thing we could do for God sometimes is just to let Him love on us. Stop striving, stop performing, stop trying to achieve, but just receive. That's His heart for us. So the storms will come and sometimes you just got to worship way. Because the truth is, if the boat went down, guess what? Jesus would have went down with His disciples. Are you with me? That's the power of, of friendship, of intimacy, of oneness with Jesus. Is that if it went down, he's going down with you. But it's not like, let's say the boat was sinking, like, because Jesus can walk on water, right? He's like, he's, he's, Jesus, he's like, come on, suckers, I'll see you on the other side. And he's like sprinting. You know what I mean? Like, that's not Jesus. Right? Everyone's thinking he's like still floating, like, you got this, right? And you know, I'm like, no, that's not Jesus. Nor is Jesus asking his disciples like, alright guys, you need to muster up your faith right now because I can't do anything about the storm until you muster up your faith. That's not the heart of Jesus. I think oftentimes that's what we do. You know, like let's just be real. Like when we're desperate, like sometimes we're like, we're not seeing God so we feel like we've got to pray loud. You know what I mean? Like, like somehow that's going to like do something. But that's not the heart of Jesus. He's not telling the disciples, come on guys, muster up your faith. You know? No, he just responds in love. So Jesus rebukes the storm, he calms the storm, and he asks his disciples two questions that are intimately linked. He asks them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? That's what it says in the book of Mark, but we see Jesus calming other storms in, in, in other books in the gospel. Right, in Matthew, Jesus, that's the story where Jesus is walking on water. He calms the storm and he asks the disciples, are you still of little faith? In the book of Luke, we see the same, same story. But in that book, Jesus asks the question, where is your faith? And in this book, Jesus asks, do you still have no faith? I mean, all, all of these are similar situations, but written from different people's perspectives. Because I think that's what the authors themselves were struggling with. The Matthew felt like he had little faith. Peter felt like he had no faith. And Luke couldn't even find his faith. But yet Jesus speaks to every single one of us right where we are to address the issue at hand. Whether you have no faith, a little faith, or you can't even find your faith. Jesus is still there with you. Jesus speaks to us right where we are. And it's, it's a rebuke, but honestly, I'm kind of encouraged by this. I read this, and I'm like, yes. Like, I've never seen Jesus in the flesh. Like, I've never hung out with him. I've never, you know, actually physically rode a boat with him. But yet, these men have, and yet they're still struggling with faith. So I'm like, yes. Like, okay, it's okay. Right? Because the thing about fear is that fear is an invitation for us to be courageous. Fear can paralyze us or it can invite us to be courageous. I've heard it said that courage isn't the absence of fear, but courage is overcoming. And where do we get our courage? Not in our abilities, not in our circumstances, not in our track record. But courage comes from knowing that Jesus is with us. Whenever you see people in scripture, like God calls them to do some impossible things. He tells Moses to lead his, the people of God out of Egypt, even though they've been slaves for 400 years. Moses is like, how am I going to do this? It's impossible. 
Right? We see those scenarios over and over throughout scriptures. Like God asks his people to do some crazy things. And God responds to them of how am I going to do this is simply I'm with you. Because that's the source of our courage. Right? If, if I'm, you know, if I know who has my back, I can go forward. Are you with me? And that's the source of our courage, that he's with us no matter what. And when I read these questions, it makes me wonder what Jesus is telling us. I believe that when Jesus asks these questions, he's not disappointed with his disciples. Right? He's not disappointed with his disciples, because to be disappointed means you expected something and were shocked it didn't happen. And the thing about God is that He's never disappointed because He knows everything. So God asks, Jesus asks Him this question. Right? Because once again, I don't think it's about our faith in a, in a vacuum. It's, it's who we have faith in. Right? Faith alone hasn't done anything. It's faith in God that's moved him. Right? My faith might not move mountains, but it moves a God who can. Because it's not faith alone that does it, but it's faith, it's, it's in whom I have the faith. And oftentimes when we need it, it's in the in-between. It's when you're on your way to your destination and you're not there yet. When storms come or whatever, that's when we need faith. So what's the goal? Of this past, is it to sleep through storms? Like, oh my gosh, the storm's coming. Let's just skip, grab pillows and sleep. Because that's no, I don't, I don't think that's the point. I think it's it's about Jesus. Because even if I don't have faith, I still have Jesus with me. And Jesus asked these questions out of love. But just like when God asked Adam where he is, Adam. And Eve, they sin, and, and God's not asking Adam, where are you? Because he doesn't know. God knows everything. It's those type of questions that he asks out of love. Jesus isn't a drill sergeant. He's the lover of our souls. He's not a cop interrogating us. He's Jesus. The disciples never do answer Jesus' question of, why are you afraid? Are, you know, do you still have no faith? Instead, they're in complete awe of who Jesus is. The passage ends by saying, who, who is this? He can rebuke storms. He can quiet waves. Just at his command, like, who is this? On our journey with him in the in-between, so many things fight for our attention. So many things fight for our awe. Storms come because they want to fight for your all. Storms come so that you can take your eyes off of God and look at the storm. Look at the damage it's doing around you, whatever. But in the midst of it, it's to be in awe of who is this? There's no one like my God. Youth pastors in the house, do you know how you win a generation? You win their all. I think, I think it was like the executive MTV or whatever. I don't even know who said it. It doesn't matter. We're redeeming it, reclaiming it for the church. But one of those people said that if you capture the imagination of the generation, you win that generation. I believe that God wants to restore the awe and the wonder of who He is. 
that we could get so caught up in this storm or we can look at God who's at peace, at rest, even when the storms are raging and we learn from Him. The storms want to overwhelm us. The safety of familiar shores tempt us and the journey ahead of us worries us. But Jesus comforts us because He's with us, because He's at rest. He knows what He's doing. He knows how to lead us to where He wants us to go. The place that he wants to take you. God knows how to take you there. Some of you, you know that God has given you promises. That he's spoken over you. And you might be in the midst of a stone right now. That you might be in the middle. You're not seeing change. You're not seeing resolve. You're not seeing anything become better or whatever. But things are the same. And you're wondering, God, where are you? God, I thought you said you would save my parents' marriage. God, I thought you would break through in my finances. God, I thought you would repair and restore this relationship, this friendship, or whatever the situation might be. God, why is my church going through this? If you promised us this, if you're for us, or whatever the case might be. But God knows how to take you to your destination. God knows how to lead you to your purpose. God has already been to your future, and he knows how to take you there. And the way we get there is not by being being good Christian boys and good Christian girls or trying hard about just putting our faith in God knowing that He's with us that He'll never leave us nor forsake us eventually when the disciples get to the other side revival breaks loose right, demoniacs are, are set free people come in, in droves to hear about Jesus revival breaks loose and that's what it's all about on the other side of your test, on the other side of your trial, on the other side of your, your situation, your temptation, your circumstance is a revival. Our souls is a harvest. That's what it's all about. That's why God is leading us through these things to, to develop the character within us that we can sustain His promises. I don't want the promises of God to disqualify myself because I haven't learned to trust Him fully. But in the midst of the storm, that's how we, we find out who Jesus really is. Who is this? Unless you're in, 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 a, in a dark place, you'll never know just how, how brightly Jesus shines. Corey Tenboom said this, she was a survivor of the Holocaust. She was a Christian who was helping the Jews to safety. She gets caught, eventually she gets released, and, and God uses her powerfully. And she says this, you never know God is all you need until God is all you have. And that's not just a saying, that's not something you tweet, but it's, it's the testimony you've walked through because you've gone through storms the one will never leave. That's the type of faith that I want, that even in the average, the mundane, when, when God isn't, looks like he's not on the move, that he's still in control. That no storm has, has overwhelmed God because he's sleeping through it. That's the type of God we serve. God has a plan. He has a destiny for you, your family, your church, this region. On the other side, our families, our, our, our friends. My mic scared me. Why, why did that happen? <laughs> God's going to lead us to the other side. He knows how to do it. He's done it then. He knows how to do it now. So tonight, I feel like God wants to just renew some promises. That what sustains our faith is when he speaks to us. The faith comes by hearing. So I believe tonight that God wants to speak to some of us. And what sustains our faith is knowing that he loves us no matter what. I don't know about you, but I want more. There must be more. 
just like we say that last week, fill us anew for the journey ahead, for the other side, for the harvest to come. This is what I want to give my life for. I don't want to just talk the talk, but to have faith. genuine faith that's been tempered and and refined in the fires of life. That's the type of faith I want. You know that the Bible compares our faith to to pure gold, refined gold, because that's the value of real faith. And it only comes when you keep saying yes, when you just keep looking to the one that's with you. Even when it feels like he's so far away, he's still with you. He hasn't forgotten you. You're not forgotten. Some of you need to hear this right now, that you're not living plan B of God's will for your life. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how to take you to the other side. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.